0: Have you been obedient to the Great Commission? Jesus commanded us to go and make disciples of all the nations. So, over the last week, how about month? I always had two months. How much time have you spent discipling, training other believers in the things of Jesus Christ? Paul. Silas and Timothy made great effort to serve the saints. Are we following their model? Jones came into the office late for the third time in one week and found his boss waiting in his office. The boss sighed and said, Jones, you're late again. You better have a good excuse. This time, Jones said, boss, everything went horribly wrong today. My wife said she would drive me here to work. She got ready in 10 minutes. And then the drawbridge got stuck. Instead of disappointing you, boss, I got out of the car and swam across the river. Look, my suit is still damp. Then I ran To the airport and Mr. Smith gave me a ride in his helicopter and landed on top of Radio City Music Hall. From there, one of the employees gave me a ride via piggyback all the way here to work. The boss was obviously disappointed with Jones and said, you'll have to do better than that. No woman can be ready in 10 minutes. (laughs) oh jones clearly made a great effort or at least he created a good story a creative story while he was late to work the apostle paul also struggled with returning to the saints of thessalonica he wanted to see them but his effort was opposed by the devil Now, would you turn with me, please, to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, and as you're turning there, let me hurl three questions to you. How can you show Jesus' love to believers? You got to remember, we are to love God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. But then the second commandment, which is like the first, and you love your neighbor, how? As yourself. So how do we show Jesus's love to believers? Number two, what should you expect in the process? And then number three, how will you be rewarded in the present and future? Let me read to you 1 Thessalonians 2, 17 through 20. But we, brethren having been taken away from you for a short time in presence, not in heart, endeavored more eagerly to see your face with great desire. Therefore we wanted to come to you. Even I, Paul time and again, but Satan hindered us for what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing. Is it not even you in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ? that is coming for you are our glory. And joy. Let's pray together. Father, I I thank you for the heart of the Apostle Paul being exposed today. Such a loving, caring, sacrificial heart. Because his heart beat after the heart of the Lord. Help us to understand, Lord, from this text, all the timeless truths you want to impart to us today today. Guide us by your spirit. The spirit of truth and all truth. I pray in Jesus name. Amen. First two words. But we. But is an adversative. It's a contrast. Back in chapter 2. In verses 15 and 16. There were those that were opposed to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Certain Jews. That were hostile to Paul. And his team of missionaries. Conversely. We have the Apostle Paul and then Silas and Timothy, whose hearts are so very different. It's not only but notice this we and the we also is placed emphatically in the text to show the distinction between the two groups. Affectionately, Paul calls them brethren from the same womb. Nineteen times in First Thessalonians. Paul uses this term of endearment to these believers. He knew through the blood of Christ, they were now eternally related. We are brethren having been taken from you for a short time in presence. The expression here, having been taken away only appears once from the Greek New Testament. Lily means having been orphaned orphaned the passive voice of the verb shows that there was an outside agent those individuals jews who hated paul hated the lord jesus christ they were instrumental in kicking paul out of thessalonica they were the ones who had caused the situation at hand and i think when you look at this and you see the the term of endearment brethren and then Paul saying we had been orphaned because they essentially put us out what he's doing is also teaching the Thessalonians reminding them how much he really cared for them those same haters of the gospel spread rumors most likely that Paul, see, he, he hasn't come back. He really doesn't care about you. So Paul's showing the Thessalonians his sincere love for them. He was cut off from them for a short time in presence. But notice he says, not in heart, absent here from the group. Being separated from them was very difficult for the Apostle Paul. But out of sight was not out mind he was cut off physically from them in presence literally toward the eyes is the meaning of the greek word used here it shows intimacy paul is heartbroken that face to face he could not commune with these believers speaks of intimacy do you recall moses back in the book of exodus what is it that he wanted to see he wanted to see the face he wanted to see the eyes he wanted to know god but yet we're told in exodus 33:20 no one could see god's face and live paul has a desire to be back with these believers in presence but he says although i was cut off physically my heart was still with you how can you believe What Paul says, how do you know his heart is being true to this? Well, God had approved his heart. Uh, Flip the page, go back to 1 Thessalonians 2, 4. Paul writes, but as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, even so we speak not as pleasing men, but God who tests our Hearts. There was a stamp of approval on Paul, Silas, and Timothy's hearts that came from the Almighty. They had been approved. Paul says, my heart is with you all. He cares for them. And he goes on to say, he endeavored more eagerly to see your face with great desire. The verb here, endeavored. Carries both ideas of diligence and earnestness. Uh, I want to show you where this term is used twice. Uh, Flip over to 2 Timothy with me, please. 2 Timothy chapter 4. In this last epistle from the Apostle Paul, he expresses things that are dear to him. Why he's about to die Church tradition says that he had his head lopped off at the demand of Nero. But notice, as he knows, his time is short, what he asked for. In 2 Timothy 4, verse 9, our same term is going to appear, be diligent, he writes to Timothy, to come to me how? Quickly, quickly come to me. I need you. And then still in chapter 4, verse 21, do your utmost. You see the idea? Make every effort, endeavor, do your utmost to come before winter. Paul had made every effort. He really wanted to get back and see the saints of Thessalonica. He was someone that cared for them dearly. And here is our first point. Display. Authentic. Christianity by planning time with believers. Display authentic Christianity by planning time with believers. If you love the saints, you want to be with them. May I encourage you, child of God, that there are two people that you should always want. To be with in, in essence, the person of God, you need to schedule time to be with him daily. Even the Lord Jesus Christ on earth in Mark chapter one, verse 35, having risen a long while, even before the sun had come up, had a conference call with the father Moses wanted to spend more time in the presence of God we learn about Joshua as you study through the book of Exodus onward that often he would stay even when Moses would leave the presence of God Joshua would linger you've got to want to spend time in the presence of the Almighty but number two we are also called to fellowship if we walk in the light as he is in the light. We have fellowship with whom with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ his son cleanses us from all sin. In Philippians chapter 1 Paul is saying I'm in a dilemma. He doesn't know if he is going to be set free from the house arrest he had experienced AAD 60 to 62 there in Rome. So in Philippians 1.23, our term appears again. For I am hard pressed between the two having a desire, a desire. See, he desired to depart and be with Christ. Paul knew if he was executed, absent from the body, present with the Lord, he really wanted to go and be with Jesus. But then he says i've got an obligation to you saints as well i've got to minister to you i've got to shepherd you i've got to care for you so he longed to be with them how much effort do you make personally to spend time with the saints because you know the importance of that face-to-face communion, the intimacy that we share as coming from the same womb through the blood of Jesus Christ. So display authentic Christianity by planning time with believers. As verse 17, but there's something you should expect when you make that plan. When you write down in your day timer, when you put in your appointment book, I'm going to spend such and such time with that Christian don't be surprised if Satan hinders. Point number two, expect satanic opposition when attempting to serve believers. You can expect it. Verse 18, therefore, we wanted to come to you, even I, Paul, time and time again. But Satan hindered us. We wanted. In Paul's human will, this was a desire. But may I say, emotionally, he was also attached to those saints. He loved them dearly. And I think we can feel his heart coming out here. He says, even I. Now, previously, he kept saying, we, we. Paul didn't like to talk in first-person singular. He always liked talking in first-person plural, we, but he's showing these saints how much individually he cares for them. He says, "Even I." And then notice what he does. He drops his name right in the middle of the letter. This isn't the only time he has done this. Uh, over in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 1, he says, "Now I, Paul, myself beseech you." Galatians chapter 5 and verse 2, "Behold, I, Paul, say to you, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 1, for this cause, I, Paul, the prisoner of the Lord Jesus Christ. But I want you to understand, when he mentions his name, he is showing these believers how much he cares for them. Even I, Paul. And then he says time and again, literally from the Greek, it's once and twice It can be used of several times, is the idea as well. But there's opposition. Satan hindered. He's the adversary. That's the meaning of the name Satanas. He opposes us. And let me tell you some of the means he uses to oppose you and me, child of God. Number one, temptation. Temptation is in his arsenal. Of hindering even the Lord Jesus Christ, having fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, he was with the wild beast we're told in Mark chapter one. He's all alone, and the tempter came to tempt him. Matthew chapter four, he's a master tempter. He knows that you have a fallen nature. You've inherited that from Adam. You are prone to give in to the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Satan understands that. So he makes an appeal to those things. That's what he does, and he's been doing it for thousands of years. So you have temptation. Also, when it comes to the unsaved, he blinds their minds. Paul writes about this in 2 Corinthians chapter. For, and then he uses deception deception and don't think the deception is only used toward the unsaved throughout paul's writings he'll say do not be deceived you know for instance in 1 corinthians 15 don't be deceived evil company corrupts good habits or morals if you spend time with the wrong people child of god you're going to be corrupted And then in Galatians 6, 7, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. If you rob God with not honoring him first with your finances, you're in trouble. Don't mock God. Turn up your nose to him. For whatever man sows, that shall he also reap. So the point I'm making here, when you think of Satan's deception, Often he applies it to believers and the Apostle Paul often says, don't be deceived. Don't be led astray from the truth. Satan is deceptive. In 2 Corinthians 11 in verse 3, it says that he deceived Eve by his craftiness. And then he wends his way into the church of Jesus Christ. In Acts chapter 2, the church is born. Peter preaches. 3,000 men come to Christ. The church is flourishing. It was a time of poverty. It was a time in Jerusalem where many didn't have their needs met, their basic needs. So individual Christians were selling Houses and properties, bringing the money, laying it at the apostles' feet. You notice how they didn't give it to someone individually. They brought it to the apostles to distribute, probably a lot of times anonymously. And as a result of this, Ananias and Sapphira in Acts chapter 5 think, hmm, look at all the attention that they are getting. For making these sacrifices. And they wanted to be in the club. They had property. They sold it. But then they gave a portion of the proceeds. They had the right to do that. Because it was their own. But they pretended that they gave all the money. And as a result of that. God struck dead. Ananias and Sapphira. For their duplicity their hypocrisy so satan uses all these things and just understand that child of god but satan hindered the term hindered secularly was used of tearing up a road so your enemy could not approach you have you ever watched military footage Showing, for instance, when a plane flies overhead and blows up a bridge or takes out a road so that the enemy can either not reach you or get to their supplies. That's what Satan does. He hinders. He tries to blow up the road, sort of speak. But may I point out to you that not all hindrances are caused by Satan. The Apostle Paul wanted to go and minister to the saints at Rome. He wanted to impart to them using his spiritual gifts to build them up that he might have some fruit among them. But now listen carefully to Romans fifteen twenty two. For this reason, I have been much hindered from coming to you. What was the hindrance? God had shut him down because the Lord wanted Paul to go elsewhere and minister. Uh, Another example would be over in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 16, Acts chapter 16. There are times that you have the right thinking and you're targeting the lost to bring the gospel, but yet God is the one who says no, or at least not now. Acts chapter 16, down in verse 6. And when they, this is Paul and Silas, had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. After they had come to Mysia, they tried to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them. I just want you to understand, not all hindrance comes from the wicked one. But have you considered this? Paul knew. He had the ability to discern when the hindrance came from God, as we learn in Romans 15, or from Satan. Now, this is what you need to know, child of God. You need to make plans to go and be with the saints to minister to them. If somehow that gets shut down, don't be discouraged. Why? Romans eight twenty eight 28, it's our God who is sovereign. And all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. We need to fall back on key verses like Proverbs chapter 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not into your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him. The Hebrew says, know him. And he shall do what? Direct your paths. So as you're staying close to God, he will give you the ability to discern if it's an opposition, um, if you have a hindrance that comes either from Satan or at times even from God. So our first point. Display authentic Christianity by planning time with believers. It's something that you need to do. Number two, expect satanic opposition when attempting to serve believers. Satan's opposed to us ministering to the saints, so expect opposition. And number three, experience present and future joy for serving believers experience present right now, and then future joy for serving believers. Notice we have a couple of questions in verse 19. For what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? What is our hope, number one? When you think of biblical hope, understand that it is based upon historical When we come over to chapter 4, we're going to see that Paul says that the rapture, Christ's imminent return is based upon the fact that Jesus died and rose again. So therefore it is a sure thing. We have one hope according to Ephesians 4 the return of the Lord. But our hope is not just something that may or may not happen it is based upon historical truth be encouraged for what is our hope number two or joy that second fruit of the spirit love joy and then number three is peace the joy A byproduct of walking with the Almighty. The Spirit of God fills our hearts. It controls our lives. And as it says in Ephesians 5. Do not be drunk with wine. In which is excess. But be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns. And spiritual songs. Singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. That's that joy that Paul and Silas had. So when they were imprisoned in Philippi. They sang hymns to god so what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing literally here it's a crown of boasting it's not a literal crown it's speaking of one that when we stand before the lord jesus christ as we can boast about the different saints here and now who walk with god because that's the idea of rejoicing of boasting Jesus Christ will, if you will, boast about us. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, there's a future judgment for what we have done with our time here. Those who have lived according to the doctrine of God and had motives that matched, that were pure, they will have eternal rewards. They'll carry into the millennial kingdom and even into the new Jerusalem where we shall serve him. Do you understand that child of God? So there will be this future reward. The Lord Jesus will assess our lives individually. First Corinthians chapter four and verse five says, then each one's praise. See, boasting will come from whom from God. So there will be a reward, but then right on the heels of This question, Paul asks a second question, expecting a yes answer. Is it not even you in the presence of our Lord Jesus when at his coming? It's awesome because there is a current joy that we're going to have, but then there will be a future one as well because it's going to be the Thessalonian saints, literally in the presence of jesus and presence here is is intriguing it has the preposition in and then the second preposition before and then the suffix the ending has the idea of direction see it's in the direction of the lord it's right when we're there in his presence it's at the coming of our lord jesus christ Think about his personal coming. This is when we will be before him. It's a term that's used of the rapture coming in 1st John 2 28 it's used as a second coming as well Jesus comes back the second time and we the church come back with him Matthew 24 in verse 3 but it's used here as it is we'll see in chapter 4 in verse 15 of the same book of the rapture and I love how he ends on verse 20 for you are our glory and joy See, the you are communicates now. These saints are Paul's glory and joy. But back in 219, it shows that this will also be true in the future. And I want you to keep this in mind, child of God, that as you draw near to God, wanting to spend time in his presence, You need to want to be around other believers, but you need to sit at the feet of those pastors that God has entrusted to you. Because when you study Hebrews 13, 7 and then 17, you want to be individuals who have learned at the feet of your elders, your pastors, your teachers. You did not give them grief, but joy. But one day we will all be together with the Lord. So number one, display authentic Christianity by planning time with believers. Show them you love them by striving to be with them. We show people the love of God. By giving them more time. Because once you give someone your time. You can never get back that time. That's why in Psalm 90 in verse 12. Moses says so teach us to number our days. That we may gain a heart full. Of wisdom. When you give people your resources. You can't get those back. Those are the things that life is made of. So when you give someone your resources. When you give someone your time. That shows that you have a heart that is approved by God as the Apostle Paul had his heart approved by God. Second of all, expect satanic opposition when attempting to serve believers. We learn in 1 Peter 5.8 about Satan, our adversary. That he is a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. We learn from Ephesians chapter 6 that Satan has a spiritual mafia, his demons. They will together do everything possible in order to keep you from ministering to the saints you can expect that kind of opposition but there's no fear greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world there's no fear because our god is the one who has commissioned us to go and make disciples spend time with other believers and jesus himself says i am with you always even to the end of the age but when you take those hits and things are difficult. Remember what Paul writes to Timothy in 2 Timothy 2:3: endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. You can expect that the Christian life is not a playground, but a battleground. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Ephesians 6.10, if you're not getting any opposition in life, most likely you're not doing anything for the Lord. So expect it. Satan hates us because he hates Jesus. He hates the work of the Lord. So you can expect the opposition. But then there is truly, as Michael Card writes, a joy in the journey There's a light we can love along the way. Number three, experience present and future joy for serving believers. Have a heavenly trophy case of believers you served. That's right. Paul was excited one day about being before Jesus Christ All the Thessalonian saints there with him, those whom he led to Jesus, he thought about that. And as he contemplated these truths, there was a joy that he, Silas, Timothy, and the saints of Thessalonica experienced. But may I say that joy is going to only be enhanced one day. Because when we get physically in the presence of the Lord, there will be a fullness of joy in all the sacrifices you've made. You'll be so glad that you had. So let's enjoy our current hope based upon historical facts of Jesus's death and resurrection. We are winners. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. First Corinthians fifteen fifty seven. But then therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. There will come a time that we will be in the presence of the Lord, fullness of joy forever. Let's anticipate that. As we currently serve him through serving one another. Join me in prayer. Thank you, Heavenly Father. We have had such great saints that have gone before us like Paul, Silas and Timothy. Even going back to the Old Testament, we're surrounded by a cloud of witnesses. Thinking about Noah and Abraham All those Old Testament saints who trusted you beyond their salvation, Lord, to walk with you and see the impossible accomplished through your strength. So, Lord, as all of these are cheering us on, may we remain strong and enjoy the presence of you now and anticipate that future reward. I ask in Jesus' name. Amen.